Hugo uh, Mortens. So a couple, <laughs> a, a couple uh, amazing cameos in this movie. When Ginny is walking down the aisle and she is heavily intoxicated with tranquilizers because she muscle relaxes. Yeah, she's, muscle she's relaxes. Not a rhino. Yeah, whatever. You got she, dart in your neck. she took a lot. <laughs> and she kind of like like is tipsy and she sits down in the pews in the church. She sits down next to the mother of Jim and John Belushi. Agnes. Agnes Belushi. Yeah. And that was a little tip of the hat from uh, John Hughes to a family that he adores. Also making another cameo, the priest, a Murray. Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray. You may know him as the mayor in Ground. Hogs Day yeah. or the uh, head of the caddies in Caddyshack. He is. He's he great. Is. He's great. And he's Bill Murray's brother. He is Bill Murray's brother. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, today we talk about 16 candles. Yeah, we do. And I will tell you flat out, there's no question, if you want a house like Jake Ryan's parents, not him, but his parents, got to go to Sonic Loans because it's going to cost you a pretty penny. Well, Jake needs a loan to fix his house. Rolls Royce, <laughs> Porsche. Charlie and his team at Sonic Loans are sitting by to get you into the Jake Ryan special. They're going to make sure that your mortgage percentage is not too high because whatever points you save on that percentage, you can dump that money into getting a detached three-car garage to fit all the things you need in Yes. It. Or a cleaning company. They should get the same people that came in and fixed up uh, What's-His-Face's house, a risky business. You're going to want to make sure that you go to Sonic Loans. They're going to take care of you in this tumultuous time of refis and mortgages. Reach out to them today. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and be prepared to have a shockingly positive experience. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. 
Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation. Call 248-595-0001. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that a number of laws, including assault, were committed during 16 Candles. Yeah. Not good. I mean, Jake Ryan in real life was 23, and uh, that's statutory. Farmer so, Ted's yeah, going to jail. Ted, yeah, for sure he's going to jail. Drinking and driving, underage drinking, and probably assault. The moral of the story is, even though I love this movie, <laughs> Bolton Legal Group is who you're going to want representing you if you're Farmer Ted and you find yourself in a stolen vehicle at 3 o'clock in the morning. There's no question that when it comes to efficient, angry, vicious lawyers, you want a pit bull in your corner. And Bolton Legal Group, they're going to take care of your issues, whether it's real estate law, whether it's bird law. Reach out to Ian and his team of outstanding professionals and get the legal support that you need today. Again, tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and enjoy your experience with the best of the best. Today's episode, 16 Candles. John Hughes, Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall. Let me say that again. John Hughes, Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall. The 1980s were dominated with coming-of-age movies, but 16 Candles was different. It borrowed some of the raunch of Porky's, the angst of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and the comedy of National Lampoon's Vacation. Even surrounded by a decade of teen comedic romps, 16 Candles managed to stand out. It did something unique. Its story wasn't just about the jock or the nerd. It was first and foremost about a young woman. Sam's journey through life, longing, and love is what made this movie an instant classic. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we'll deep dive into the movie that started it all, 16 Candles. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the farmer Ted to my borrowed underwear, Max Sanders. And with that... Gong time! (laughs) Max, welcome to the show. Hello! It's it's early. uh, I love... Everything about this movie. Everything? Everything. And at the same token, I, I'm just going to get it out of the way right now. It, a number of aspects of this movie just did not age well. It feels, I didn't realize this until now, it feels almost like a Leslie Nielsen like spy hard movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It's so parody, like out of control, you kind of have to take it as a joke, basically. I totally disagree with your take. Really? Yeah, 100%. And you're also jumping into something completely different that I'm saying. Are you okay? Because we can just shut down the whole podcast right now and you and I can just really. have a talk. I like, Why do just have a talk? I like we can have a talk. Show. I like the you show. Wanted, Keep going. You wanted to slow it down. You wanted Think to do through. a pod early because there's football on, even though there's this amazing thing called DVR. I, I asked you, I was like, DVR, you I can't in live my in the face. cocoon. I can't live in the cocoon. I'm surrounded by people all the time. I get text messages. I get Turn tweets. your phone off for a second. I can't do that either. Within 40 minutes, you watch two hours of football game. You you seem a little bit cranky. Your eyes are sunken more than usual. I'm tired. He's got Pete Davidson eyes. Yeah, I look like a raccoon. Is it offensive if I start calling you a less attractive? of Pete Davison? No, he slays it. Yeah, for different reasons than you slay it. I don't know, I'm funny and tattooed and lanky. Max. Yeah. It's so good to be here with you. Hello. I missed you. Did you? Let's start over. Okay. This movie, Max, yeah. 16 Candles, aside from your absurd parody remark, the thing that's difficult to wrap your head around is that you can't just excuse this as being, oh, that's, it was the 80s, it's forgivable. Even some of the things that took place in this movie, you know, as as it pertains to like date rape, they weren't like cool in the 80s either. So when you look back at it and the, you know, the stereotypes, everything, I just want to get the apology out of the way right now. I don't bolster this as being like a non-offensive film, but man, I love this movie. I, I, that's the part that I get torn with. Donger needed food. It's uh, imitating these things are not 
the best. That's all right. You do you, Max. Not on the wavelength. No, nope, you do yeah. you. You do you. Your shirt is hyper green. It's distracting me. Can you I take it off? Keep, no, you got something on it I just got done talking about making you people look like feel a uncomfortable. And you're like, can you take your, do it, do it slowly. <laughs> it's so yellow. Yeah, it is yellow. I don't like it. I love it. Your traffic cone. Well, you have Jaunus and you're yellow right now too. So it's the same thing. I've been sober since December 28th. It's not a sobriety thing. You should look rough. When's the last time you had a drink? When's the last time you shaved? Uh, Nixon was president. <laughs> I'm not Chris, a Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> this is gonna Shooter. be this is gonna be a long day, a long duck dong day. Some mm. might say, "What a great name!" How do you think Hughes came up with that? Who knows? Who knows how that brilliance <laughs> works? Well, Max, now that we've gotten apologies out of the way and our fans know that you're kind of not here with us today in spirit, just more of a dead body, I think it's important to go over some uh, basic facts about the show. You know, our standard flair. In fact, can I kick it to you today? Give everybody the the, the important notes. Yeah. So you want to go to our social media? That's okay, you're done. You forgot. So if you haven't been in the show before, you want to go to our social media. No, where no. do we start? Come on. Where do we start? Uh, you want to go to Spotify, Spotify, uh, iTunes, I, nope, Apple, Apple Podcast, Podcast uh, Amazon Music. Sure. Is, are we on there? Yeah. We're on cool. everything. Yeah. We're everywhere. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yeah. What, went, that's a show, not a play, podcast player. He went to my high school. Matt, that's incredible. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't want to take away from that, but. We should be through all of our commercials by now at the beginning. What do you Patreon. got? All right. I apologize. I shouldn't have put it on you. If this is your first <laughs> time listening to the show, please make sure you head on over to Apple Podcast or to Spotify or whatever podcast player you're using. Follow, subscribe, leave a review, five stars. Show us you love us. If you want more content, our, our uh, social media manager slash co-host slash Pete Davis and I's Max Sanders is cranking out only the best of the best. We're blowing up on TikTok seven. lately. Heck, you heck, yeah. No, yeah. I did not. Are yeah. we really? Yeah. Like, I haven't changed over 100. 40,000, 50,000. What? Yeah, on a few of them. You're kidding. And I haven't changed a thing. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Finally, you started listening to me. I'm going to take full credit. Finally, the, the, the conversation, the talks. I'll take a look at that and see what's going <laughs> I don't know. Do you have stayed the course? You are. I'm going to start referring to you as the band on the Titanic. You will play that violin until you are like knee deep in water. It was an eight second clip of Gene Simmons from Runaway and people are like yes yes this I like what this. I've been waiting for <laughs> I hate TikTok so much it's amazing everyone people don't realize every once in a while I'll call you up and I'll be like Max I've got an amazing idea yeah. I don't even know if we ever posted this one TikTok so just the National Lampoon Home Depot one no that's a good one but the better one is I we were in the in the midst of watching the Mandalorian and you get to that scene in the Mandalorian spoiler alert if you haven't seen this where Luke Skywalker is presenting Grogu with an option he can either continue to train his a Jedi or you can go back with the Mandalorian and basically train to be a Mandalorian. Yep. Okay. He gives him this chain link like shirt, like metal chain link shirt. Was it Bennett? Did yeah. you and I, and I and I'm I just the other day I was looking through my drafts and I'm like, I had this amazing idea. I'm like, look, what we're gonna do is we're gonna show that scene and then we're gonna cut to Bennett from Commando <laughs> and be like, look, it's Grogu, like 20 <laughs> years later. Because in Commando, Bennett, oh God, I can't think of the actor's name, but he was also Vernon Wells. Thank you very much. Vernon Wells. He's wearing the exact same chain link shirt, yeah. except a little bit larger. Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when I no that was I can't I can't go Remember wrong. me Remember me Johnny when I killed your daughter and I talked just let up some steam That was not your best 
No, dude. You couldn't go high. I couldn't. I couldn't get the high note. I don't know why. So, anyways, yes, TikTok is a untamable beast, but congratulations to both of us. The Mazel tov. That's great. Yeah. And we have two videos on TikTok that are almost like a million views, yeah. and you misspelled Elizabeth Shoe's <laughs> yeah, name on one of them, which is amazing. All right. Sorry. Back to the show. Buzz in the Tower also has an incredible Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash buzz in the tower, you can support the show and our budding TikTok dreams. And then, last and least, and all of all, what do we usually Those aren't words. That? No, they're not. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Uh, is that it? What else yeah. did I forget? Uh, no, I think Nothing. Good. that's it. Yeah. Rock and roll. All right. So today we're going to talk about 16 candles. I already gave my weird apology at the beginning. Like I, feel, I may even cut the whole apology. I don't even know. It was yeah, who weird. cares? I, I accept that people are offended by this movie and I understand why. It was I, almost 50 years ago. You have to have some kind of contextual way of looking at art as it's created over the years. Like there are things that I'm not going to ignore them. I think that while John Hughes did an amazing job at telling the story of being a teenager, there's also some stuff in here that's got a little ick and creep factor to it. However, I would also point out that in a time and era when the point of view and perspective of films was predominantly being shot through the male eye, this movie stands out as being one of the first tell the story about the girl stories. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's value to that and that shouldn't be overlooked. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the people who tell the best stories aren't the best people. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Hitler wrote Animal House. And I think that's... <laughs> he was a decent painter. He was a great painter. No, he was. I, I know. Yeah. Do you have any of his work? Uh, I watched this episode of Justified over and over where there's an art collector who has like a Hitler collection and he shows it to the... That's a big thing. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. But yeah. he shows it to the deputy and the deputy's like, oh, this guy's a piece of crap. But it turns out he hated his father who worked for Hitler and he burns all the paintings and he has them back. All right. And I was like, yeah, this is art. Where do you want to start with this movie? Uh, how was it PG? Uh, this was, was this before PG 13 was fleshed out? So 84, it was gremlins and the temple of doom. Right. I'm not sure what time of year. This so came out. I, is this just the gap? I, I mean, the the nudity piece, obviously, like there's well, full, they, full frontal nudity. They say the F word twice. Yeah, well, not just that. They say the other F word, which today is grossly inappropriate. The homophobic slur. Yeah, yeah but back then. Back then, yeah. Back then, I feel like in a G-rated movie, they could say that and get away with it. But yes, you had multiple <laughs> F-bombs. and Especially in a Disney movie. Uh, yeah, right? The Land Before Time. You don't remember yeah, that part? That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> oh, that T-Rex is such a bleep. <laughs> Good God. Good Lord. But... Just a tight hour 33, just a magical movie. And it is so funny. And then at some points, it's so heartfelt. It, and it, 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 it nailed it. Nailed it, it. It teeters between those two. You're like, I'm laughing my butt off. And then you have the That's signature John Hughes. Yeah. If you it, what you just said, what you just said, in my opinion, is what really separates John Hughes from everything else in the 80s is that he was able to bounce back and forth between slapstick and real touching. The only movies where you didn't get the touching were in the, that's a, that was a lie. I was going to say, no, I was going to say lampoon vacation. You don't get it, but in Christmas vacation, you absolutely, yeah, you do. Yeah. But you don't get it in European and you don't get it in vacation. Is there a moment in European? No, there's not (laughs) any moment in either of those movies where you're like, this is genuinely touching. I felt bad for that British guy. I did too, but there's no, there's no touching moment. So he pitched me again. Directed by John Hughes, written by John Hughes, starring Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall. I mentioned that before. So the movie follows a girl's sweet 16th birthday, which is anything but special. Her family forgets about it, and she suffers from every embarrassment possible. So Sam, who's played by Molly Ringwald, plays this 16-year-old girl, just turned 16, and... 
I, what I find great about this is you don't find a lot of movies that try to take, we're dudes. I mean, you're kind of a dude. I don't know what you identify as, but I identify as a good old American dude. Ouch. And, (laughs) and I, I'm, we're spoiled because all movies are from the perspective of the dude. So it's like easy to understand whether it's talking about the star football player or whether it's weird science. And it's the two nerds that wish that they were popular. Or if it's an action movie where like Drago's just, you know, and you're like, I could be Stallone. Like yeah. you, you can, you can fulfill the fantasy. I'm afraid. What I find incredible about this movie is that you're watching Samantha, you're watching Sam go through this movie. And even I remember watching this as a kid, but I, even as an adult and like, I completely feel her pain. I know what it feels like to have your family super busy and forget about you. You know what it feels like to be transitioning from like boy to man, girl to woman and that awkwardness. And then having a crush and this like, you know, what is it? Unrequainted love. Is that the term? Unrequited. Requited. Yeah. Not quaint. Unrequited love. Thank you. You're my dictionary. (laughs) All of these themes were done really well. This movie just happened to have driven those themes through the character of a female instead of a male. Yeah, she's awesome. She, I mean, she's totally relatable on all levels. I don't think there's anybody out there who is this your favorite Molly Ringwald movie? Ooh, it's my favorite performance by her. Yeah. She's amazing in this she's movie. She's great. I like Pretty in Pink better as Pretty a movie. Pretty in Pink is great. Yeah, she's a better actress in Pretty in Pink. Yeah, she's more likable in this, and, and she's and, more, she's more a real person. Like no one, I don't know that many people that take care of their dad at like seventeen. Oh, I don't know. That's I think really? I think that yeah. So I, it's funny. I put I put the two on on extremes, and I would say Breakfast Club is the melt of the middle, mm. where like likable and great acting chops in that in Breakfast, one. Breakfast Club. Well, she sucks because she's playing the snotty rich character. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying I don't like the character. Puts on lipstick real nice. In Breakfast Club. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. She's not... I, I can do that. Yeah, I, I think that there's an element of... If you asked me, gun to my head, to say, what's my favorite Molly Ringwald movie, this might be it for me. But I also think part of the reason I like this one more than the other two is that I like when my John Hughes films are light and fluffy mm-hmm. with moments of beauty. That's all of them. That's not all of them. Breakfast Club is not light and fluffy. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I even have to retract what I said because when I think about it, some kind of wonderful is not light and fluffy at all. What? It's really not. You don't think so? It's, it's got, I mean, it's, it's got a lot the, of the class. The guy with the Corvette going into the girls' locker room. Shut up, toots. <laughs> I'm here now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so good. And that's the quarterback from the program. It is really, really funny to me. That's right. Uh, yeah. oh, what's his name? Kane. Kane. Yeah. Kane. Yeah. Kane's <laughs> bug pet. Kane's in the locker room. Uh, <laughs> I might never read that joke before. <laughs> Oh, that's great. What's bugging you, Murph? Kane's in the locker room. Do you know there's some kind of wonderful uh, connection in this movie? No, what is the some kind oh, of wonderful It's going to blow your mind. Blow it. Is it other than the fact that it was both were written by John Hughes? No, Samantha's mother yes. in this movie, yes. Carolyn Glynn, yes. in real life, yes. is the mother of Mary Stuart Is the mother of Mary Stuart Matter- Matt. You really struggle with his name. Is the mother. Mastacholi. <laughs> Mary Stuart Mastacholi. Are we keeping this in? Yes, 100%. This is the fourth time on the show that you I mean, it's a tough. It's a tough last Didn't name. Did that blow your mind, though? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, she's I can't believe that's mom. her mom. That's, yeah. I could see it now. Yeah? I could see it. Yeah. I could see it. I could definitely see it. I can see clearly now. Oh, you're singing. You're going to match up your inability to say Mastacholi with uh, so your singing. Defeated. So that's good. <laughs> how many How many defeated? It sounds. Wait, Mastacholi, it sounds like uh, that pasta, if you please. Mastacholi. What are stuffed shells? You mean Mastacholi? Is that it? Which I said four times. Oh, I didn't know that was what it was called. <laughs> We're definitely keeping this in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mastacholi sounds like a, a pasta. I'm hungry. 
Jesus, Max. All right, well, so spaghetti let's just right keep it in your bag. Uh, we will. We'll talk about the movie as always. I, I there's a lot of cool facts about this movie. I, there, would we, why wouldn't we talk about the movie? I don't <laughs> That's know. All we're Max, doing. I don't know where we're at right now. <laughs> so after writing Mr. Mom and National Lampoon Vacation, Hughes was going through a list of young actors and actresses. Uh, ICM, I think it's ICM, ICS, right? Or what was the what was uh Robocop since we were talking? I, OCP. That's what I was trying to come up Aren't with. ICM like missiles. Yeah, whatever. OCP. New Detroit. O- OPP. Down. Yeah, down with OPP. You know me. Um. <laughs> Anyways, so Hughes, who famously was known for chain smoking and writing screenplays in 42 hours, like he gets a picture of Molly Ringwald and he's like, I don't know where I'm going to use her, but I like her. Yeah. And he puts a little pin in his pin board because this is back in the day when there's nothing electronic. And he bangs out over the 4th of July weekend, 16 candles. It's insane. It's insane. I wonder what his pro like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Like it's got to be like what the South Park documentary was where they do it in a week. Yeah. There's got to be something like, which by the way, that is a fascinating watch. It's just, and then the breakneck pace and, and so they I totally want to divert because I'm glad you brought this up Trey Parker and Matt Stone make the case that their process is why people love their show so much because no other show can take something that's hot in the news on Tuesday yeah, yeah. and the following Wednesday have an episode about it all the cryptocurrency stuff makes me laugh so I hard I haven't watched any new oh gotta, my god really they're making watch. so much fun of it I'm sure I'm sure like Matt Damon gets ripped well you better strap in and start loving South Park again because I got a feeling that uh, Rick and Morty are going bye bye yeah that's sad I mean it's not sad like shame on that dude what an idiot oh, but geez. like yeah, I know Oh, geez, <laughs> Rick. So we, we've got a lot of people that almost got the roles, um, but a couple that blew me away. Uh, Vigo Mortensen almost was Jake Ryan. And Molly Ringwald was like, yes, please. Yes, please. What did he look up. like as a teenager? Because the first time I know him is from Crimson Tide. He's the young. The young, uh, the, not lieutenant, but yes, yeah, I remember him that as well. too, but he's an adult. Like, yeah, but you could still see the look. I mean, I could see him as being a handsome teen. Yeah, no, I can too. I'm just curious. Was he in oh, anything? Look him up. Okay, I'm going to look him up. Check him up. Give me some music. <laughs> so this is weird. He was in Witness in 1985. He must have just been some one of the guys. As Moses, there. no, I remember. Oh, okay. But he looked fully adult. I remember. Oh, I don't that. remember. Yeah. I think you look, you take Jake Ryan and you give him a little bit of longer hair and some facial hair. He wouldn't look 18. He'd look 23. Like you can tell he's he a little looks bit, boyish. You think? I think because of how they dialed him up. I don't know. He reminds me of uh, Eric Matthews from uh, Boy Meets World. Yeah, a little kind bit. Of, yeah. I can see that a little bit, except Matthews is a little bit pudgier in the face. But yeah, I, I love when they that. made Eric crazy in like season five. Do you remember that? They just yes. decided, like, not only is he I stupid, love, he's I, insane. I love when they had uh, his brother come in as the professor that, like, assaulted Fred Topanga. Savage, yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, what is going on here? This is making me so uncomfortable. Oh, Topanga. Oh, sweet Topanga. Still got a crush. God, man. Yeah. She, I love her. Yeah. She's up there. She's no Gwen Stefani or, or Mastacholi for me. Didn't but. Gwen Stefani just say something racist? Oh, I hope not. Oh, yeah. About that. Japanese. She's Japanese yeah, yeah. and she's oh, not. God. I, can't, I can't like anyone. Everyone I like. Like, one day someone's going to be like, yeah, Kermit the Frog hates Hispanics. And I'm like, great. There goes my last person that oh, I love Kermit. in my life. Oh, God bless America. <laughs> my words are being uh, misinterpreted. <laughs> so, almost rolls, too. Didn't uh, Jim Carrey audition for... Uh, Farmer Ted? Ted? Yeah. Can you imagine? I can. That'd be great. Can you? Now... I don't know if it'd be great. He I just once w- bitten instead. I just watched this uh, interview. Again, it was one of those round tables with all these actors and actresses, and Jim Carrey was on there, and he was talking about Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Nope, not Dumb and Dumber. He was talking about Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yep, one or two. One, the first one. And for him, this was like it. This was the start of his career. Yeah. And he had seen a review. It was from Siskel and Ebert, and it was he'd just seen like the, the catch 
line of the review and it said something to the effect of worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> and he's like, Ugh. so he talked about how at that point in his career, he had just had so many disappointments from auditioning for different movies. He mentioned he had auditioned for this. He'd never gotten callbacks that he was just ready for his career to be over. And he actually, he welled up and like got a little choked up when he talked about this. He said one of the best feelings he ever had in his life, it was after the Truman show and a couple other things had come out and Siskel and Ebert did a whole show dedicated to the work of Jim Carrey and both said, we got it wrong. Oh, wow. We, we didn't understand at the time who this guy was and what he was, but we get it now. And he was like, it was the most validating and like wonderful feeling he'd ever had in his career. I hope that happens to us in 10 years. It'd be like me turning to you and being like, Max... It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Not you, man. It's not your fault, man. Not you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> moron. So do you think Jake Ryan's a good actor? Michael Shuffling? No, he's a terrible actor. Yeah, he's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> he's perfect for this role. He is. And he's great as Cooch in uh, Vision Quest. Yeah, yeah. Quest? Vision Quest. I tried to Vision Quest. <laughs> I'll take swords for 400, Alex. So he was a model who uh, just turned into acting. Sure. He yeah. looks like, it, he feels like a model that turned into acting. Yeah. Although his like dumb naivete is kind of perfect. Jake, no, he fits it perfectly. He does. Does Jake actually like Sam? I think he just likes that someone he didn't expect likes him. Like, cause you know that feeling that'll yeah. happen to you where you're like, oh man, this person likes me. Maybe I should. You can't make him be all doe-eyed about her yeah. and her be all doe-eyed about him or yeah. the whole movie would stink. Yeah, it's true. So I kind of understand how they're trying to maintain the perception of masculinity in this character. Like, he's Jake freaking Ryan. Yep. He's not going to sit Great there. And, he's not going to take a, a romance test and say, who do you like? <laughs> Circle yes or no. <laughs> I do like the idea that you have this conversation that takes place late in the movie between Farmer Ted and Jake Ryan when the party's all over. I'll give you a whole bunch of my favorite scenes, but this is definitely one of them when the party's over. The Sinatra's playing and they're making martinis? They're not they. It's Farmer Ted's making the martinis. And yeah, yeah. there's a humanity that exists where a couple things happen. This kid who has pretty much been only out for himself, the whole movie and popularity and everything else has this like human conversation. Jake Ryan turns from Jake Ryan to like, I'm just looking for love. I want someone who will love me too. And then the fact that farmer Ted says, look, if you're just looking for a good time, don't do that to her. Cause I'll either beat you up or find someone who can. It's just very touching. It's, yeah. it's, it's again, that character arc that John Hughes does so well, where you go from, you know, being Cameron, who's afraid of everything to Cameron, who's kicking the Ferrari. You yeah, know? no, I get it. But he also, he does a good job of, uh, identifying rich kids in like, like kind of like making them look cool. I want, I, you know, I really wish that I had a better understanding of what his life was like as a child. He definitely knew wealthy kids. Yeah. Cause he, well, well, he grew up in Chicago. He gets it. I mean, he understands it. I mean, I, I grew up your, your situation was a little bit different because it was just so compacted with Jewish people. Mazel tov. I grew up in a rich, affluent, waspy suburb. Mm. And so like to me, his movies speak to me and my friends probably more than anybody else because that's what my existence was like. We went to house parties that looked like Jake Ryan's house. When Did I you trash him like that? Absolutely. Really? There was this one guy when I was a freshman in high school. His name was Andre Reichenstein. I don't even care if he hears this. It would crack me up if anybody even knew who he was. But he had parents who were like every single weekend flying to Vail to go skiing. Like I mean, they were literally never home my yeah. entire freshman year. And somehow, I don't entirely remember or understand how. No, it was my sophomore year. I don't remember if it was my freshman or sophomore year. I was, I was young. Yeah. Somehow I fell into a group of people that were friends with him. Like one of my buddies, older brothers knew him and we were at these parties and like just the beer and like hundreds of people. And it was just wild. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and like the cops would come and they'd be like, all right, who's driving? And they'd breathalyze the drivers and send everyone home. Oh my God. I was on the cusp of when boys will be boys. Kids will be kids. Let them do their thing. Turned into like, you're going to get a minor in attendance. 
an MIA. Yeah. The, the law changed where if you were actually at a party, you didn't have to be drinking. You would get a ticket just for being at the party. Jesus. I know. Things changed, right? So you're more Jake Ryan. I'm more Farmer Ted when it came to high school. No, I think I was much more Farmer Ted. You played I, football. I wanted to be Jake Ryan, which is almost pathetic. I think I, like, I'm like a more pathetic version of Farmer Ted. And I think you were more Farmer Ted's uh, friends. The, you're more of a John Cusack than you were Farmer Ted. I'll take that. He's cool. Yeah. Well, he's, he's not cool at all in this movie. You know how he got in this movie, by the way? I do. Okay. Do you want to tell it or do you want me to? It's, it's terrible. It's it's a consolation prize. It's terrible when we both know facts. I know. Go I ahead. How did he get into this movie? Well, he bribed a security guard. That's not true. $30. It's not true. Go ahead. And then he walked And if you're going to say how he got in the movie, it's really how he and his sister Joan Cusack got in the movie. That's under the same principle why they both got into this no, movie. No, it's not, is it? Because mm-hmm. Anthony Michael Hall. Maybe you have a different reason for Anthony how he Michael got Anthony Michael Hall, uh, when they cast him, they said, you can pick your friends. And he decided to pick... I, I have a completely different reason. Interesting. Why he, yeah. So John and Joan Cusack's roles were essentially consolation prizes. They were both auditioning at one point for The Breakfast Club. Uh, John was auditioning as Bender, who eventually went to Judd Nelson. And Joan as Allison, Ali Sheedy, played that role. But Universal, when they were looking at this movie, thought that 16 Candles was going to be way more commercial. So they made that movie first, brought them into that movie, and then didn't need them for The Breakfast Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so we have different stuff. We do. Yeah. That's well, the internet okay, for yeah, you. There you go. Do you know Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald dated each other for a little bit? Before they dated each other, you know, they hated each other. They did. Yeah. But, but John Hughes took them to a record store and they bonded over music. They did. They loved each other's music. And then when they were bored, because everybody on the shoot of this film. This was, is the coolest thing. Everybody was older than they were. They were the two youngest, I think, or two of the youngest on the, not the not as young as the younger brother. And do you know who the younger brother is? The kid from Kramer versus Kramer. Yes, he is. Isn't and, that wild? Well, do you know he's second billing in this movie because of the. Because problem? of Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen that. That's sad that you haven't seen that. It's great, right? 78, 79. It's a divorce movie. It is, yeah. It would, it would scare you a little bit. Yeah. Because you're scared of a broken home. I just watched War of the Roses and it freaked me out. Yeah. Don't have kids. So Molly Ringwald and Mike Anthony Michael Hall were bored out of their minds. They hated that they were shooting in this Skokie, like small town. Illinois. Yeah. So on the weekends when they were off from work, everybody else was going to the bar. They didn't have anything to do. They were bored. So they would crash bar and bat mitzvahs. That's incredible. I think that's really cool as well. Uh, can you imagine if Molly Ringwald crashed your bar mitzvah? At the time, she uh, I don't know that she was that big of a deal. What has she been in? No, no, but your story for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, some actress making some movie that I'd never heard of called 16 Candles. All of a sudden, that's No, I'm a saying like movie. now. Yeah. You'd be oh, like, yeah. I'm so I wish people could see how distracted I am. There's this guy outside of our recording studio and there's a big window and he just took his two dogs out of the car and they're What's walking around. They're not even that great looking dogs. Uh, all dogs are good looking. You like mutts. I like all dogs. Yes. I don't need your fancy Fabergé egg dogs. That cost My next dog's going to be a Liam bug. Oh, it was Christ. made for German royalty. <clears throat> there you go. Hitler had one. Because it's, <laughs> no, no, we've, talked, we've talked more about Hitler on this particular podcast than any previous. So that's something to keep in mind. I'm going to send you, I, I found a postcard yesterday. It's got Hitler's face on it. It says Judah one. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's not are great. You, are you done? So there, we talked about the problematic aspects of this movie. One of which is obviously long duck dong, which the name itself is horrifically offensive. The characters horrifically. Is anyone actually named something like that? No, I don't, we don't, I know. don't think so. That's I'm going to assume. No, maybe you looked in the phone book in China. I could be China. I, China. <laughs> I could be, I could be, but <laughs> I could be butchering his name. I think it's Getty Watanabe. Yeah. Okay. So Getty Watanabe, I think this is a great story. When he's interviewed about this, he even says as an adult, he goes like, he'll go to the museum and someone will walk up to him and he'll get like accosted by like an Asian American family or like, how could you do this? So he struggles a little bit um, in trying to understand what role this should play. But he also thought it was funny, right? He has no accent. He was born and raised in the United States and he faked his accent when he auditioned for this, got the part and was at a table read and had to look at John Hughes and be like, 
FYI, <laughs> I've been faking this accent the no entire way. time. I didn't know that. And John Hughes just laughed and was fine with it. I'm like Cosmic Brothers with him because my freshman <clears throat> year of high school, I, I mean, of college, I faked a Boston accent. <laughs> Did you really? Got me girls. You're such a moron. It worked. <laughs> you faked an accent. That's I was, amazing. I was tired all the time. <laughs> yeah, wicked pizza. I'm so happy I know that story. Yeah. It's the most max thing ever. Got me girls. Yeah. You are definitely not Farmer Ted, by the <laughs> way. Farmer Ted's so much cooler than you. Do you know how he got his name, by the way, Farmer Ted? I figured this out finally. Uh-huh. So we've been talking about this forever. Was it his name? We weren't sure. You know what I mean? Like, were they making fun of him? Was he actually in a farm? Teddy. Was his name Ted? <laughs> Teddy. So in interviews, they said that his name, when it was read off the list, you know, they do last name, then first name. Yeah. They'd be like, Farmer Ted. So, like, that's how it stuck. You know, like, they'd be like, Shapiro, Morris, Morris yeah, yeah. Do you know that my buddy uh, in high school, a bunch of my buddies had a band, and the name of their band was Farmer Ted? I do. Yeah. It's I really think cool. I told you that before, yeah. To play my wedding. There you go. I'll ask them. I mean, they have- What do they play? They're grown-ups now. They're in their yeah. 40s with children and real jobs. I don't know if they're still in their high school I band. I pay them enough, will they wear crop tops? Sure. Absolutely. Cool. I know who's going to want to come to your wedding if there's crop tops involved. <laughs> Voluptuous Cannibal. She always wanted to get you and I into crop tops, oh, remember? Okay. Yeah. No. How do you, your memory is so garbage. Max, uh, the other thing that is in his interviews, Getty Watanabe said he was so shocked when he saw the movie to hear all these gongs because they were all added in post-production. That, you, what, but what you, is, what's more offensive to you? The character or the fact that every time you would see the character, you would hear this gong? But that statement, like, do you think on set they had a gong? No. Like, no, what I'm saying, like, of course that was put in in post. Like, that wasn't put in during the... But the, not only was it put in in post, but it wasn't a part of what... Like, it wasn't, like, scripted. Like, you can script sound effects. Oh, really? Going, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So they didn't... Know, this was just... The editors were sitting there at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, like... I, I got a, I got a fever, and the only cure is more gong for long duck dong. It is funny every time, though. They play, I think, Returning Japanese. Isn't that the song? I think Returning Japanese. Yeah, they do, I think so. Great soundtrack, by the mm-hmm. way. Do you mm-hmm. know who did the soundtrack? No. Uh, Jimmy Iovine, oh. the guy who started Interscope Records and mm-hmm. discovered Eminem and Dr. Dre. Yeah? Yeah, he did all the music. Nowadays, for- everybody, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to start rapping. So what do you say to somebody you hate? <laughs> Study a tape of NWA. Oh, for God's One day, sake. I was walking by. All right, just relax. Guy, just relax. Okay, all right, come on, come on now, come on now. Uh, Vigo Mortens. So a couple couple, uh, amazing cameos in this movie. When Ginny is walking down the aisle and she is heavily intoxicated with tranquilizers because she muscle relaxes. Yeah, muscle relaxes. Yeah, whatever. She, got she, dart in your she neck. took a lot. <laughs> and she kind of like like is tipsy and she sits down in the pews in the church. She sits down next to the mother of Jim and John Belushi. Agnes. Agnes Belushi. Yeah. And that was a little tip of the hat from uh, John Hughes to a family that he adores. Also making another cameo, the priest, a Murray. Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray. You may know him as the mayor in Groundhog's Day yeah. or the uh, head of the caddies in Caddyshack. He is. He's he great. Is. He's great. And he's Bill Murray's brother. He is Bill Murray's brother. Yep. When you talked about this movie not being like a satire or parody stuff, Ginny's marriage is like, they make it a big joke the whole time. Like, she's been dating this guy for six whole months. Right. And also, by the way, they call him a bohunk. Yeah. Do you know that's an offensive term? No. It's like an Eastern European slang word. Apparently. Oh, no, I didn't know I that. I thought it was just like, he's, I, he's beefy. I didn't even know what it meant. I just kind of assumed it was like, like you know, apparently stud or, yeah. It's not a good word. So, interesting. So I know you brought this up earlier about how it's like a parody. When you That think, part is. But, Max, you got take, take a step back for a okay. second. When you say the word parody and we're talking about the 80s, I immediately go to Spaceballs, Airplane. It naked, felt like naked that to me watching no, it this Max, time. Max, Max. Weirdly. Really think about those three movies. 
in a true parody movie, like like National Lampoon Vacation is not a parody movie. Yeah. There are moments that are absurd and parody like, but it's not a parody movie. Yeah. Okay. A parody movie takes no break from being a parody movie. No, no. I was just kind of shocked at how goofy. There's yeah. silly goofy. A hundred percent. But like weird science, right? Like is a great example of how things are like reasonably normal. And then all of a sudden the cast of Mad Max shows up, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's <laughs> that's just, awesome. that's also eighties. Yeah. Right. But also that Ginny's husband's, uh, Ginny's fiance's dad's clearly in the mob. Yeah. Like, I kind of like that. <laughs> you know, they're playing the Godfather music underneath. Yeah. 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 I, I like that a lot. I'm in uh, video arcades and political contributions and construction. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. And he, they're like peer pressuring Sam's parents to do shots. Yeah. <laughs> John Capolos is really good in this movie. And too. then uh, his mom is like, I will tell you with this one, you got to take yourself out of the girl of the month club. It's like, no, like, I can look he's still, like, mom. Ha, jeez, mom. Ha, jeez. You know, he's one of two actors to only be in Weird Science, this and Weird, Breakfast Club. Weird Science, he was in the club, right? Yeah. He was in the bar. Yeah. Was he a bartender? Just like a patron that was hanging just a out. Patron. Yeah, that's right. I remember him in Weird Science. What else was he in? He's in, uh, what's it called? He's in Breakfast Club. He's the janitor. That's right. Yeah. Jan- He's great as the janitor. He's really good. That's a, that's, that is one of those hidden gem roles. Yeah. We at some point should do an episode of like maximum impact, minimum time. He's also like roles that were just like short, but like stuck with you. He's a great hitman in Justify too. I've not seen Justify. His name's Picker. Your name's Picker. Max, before we talk about whose name is Picker and whose name is not Picker, why don't we take a break and uh, hear from our sponsors? Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at weardolby.com. I know we mentioned this earlier, but if you're looking for that special house, even even Sam's house in 16 Candles is nice. She's got, what is it, her and her three siblings, mom and dad, plus they fit four grandparents in there. I don't even think the Griswolds had that many people in their house. They need more bathrooms, though. They definitely need more bathrooms, or not to blow one out so you can't use it. <laughs> so, I was more talking about Ginny getting ready for a wedding, yeah, but sure, Grandpa fair. destroying the bathroom. That's another one, too. Yeah. Dolby Real Estate is the premier real estate agency they are going to get you into the home that you've always dreamed of. 19 or, bathrooms. Absolutely. Or if you're looking to sell your home, you want to have a partner in your corner that's making sure they get the most money. Dolby Real Estate is there to support you. Charlie and his team of experts are waiting round the clock for your call. Reach out to them today. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. $400 million in sales in 2021. 1,000 homes sold. Dolby Real Estate is the only place you need to go when it comes to buying or selling a home. So you've waited long enough. Is it time to talk about the couch scene? Because you love this scene. I'm going to get there. Just relax. Okay. Are you going to have this moment <clears throat> with your daughters? Have you had it? I just said, relax. We'll crushes? get to it. And you already want to get there. Are I'm, they dating? I'm not there, I'm not there yet. I'm not <clears throat> I don't want to have the conversation yet. We have other stuff to go over. Okay. Read between the lines. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sam's grandparents. This is kind of a cool fact, right? So do you remember when Sam first comes upstairs and her first set of grandparents are up there and I think grandpa's in her in his underwear and they you say know hi those to are 25 her? year olds with prosthetics on? Who's 25 year olds? The grandparents. They did like an Eddie Murphy thing. No, they're not. Yeah, I know. I'm just making Yeah, that it's not even close to I bought by I'm familiar with both of their work. <laughs> like one of them is from Police Academy. She's the retired woman who's in the all the Police Academy movies. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to go to Minnesota and Iowa. So when (laughs) Sam first walks up the stairs, you hear Twilight Zone. Yeah. Do you know why you hear that? Because both of the grandfathers were in the Twilight Zone. No way. Yeah. So they put that in there as like a little tip. Another tip of the hat to them. Speaking of tips of the hat. 
John Hughes, who famously puts Easter eggs and everything. I'm surprised you haven't brought this up yet. So grandpa's license plate said V58, which was for vacation 58, yep. which was from Lampoon magazine, the story that led to National Lampoon vacation. And then Jake's Porsche was 21850, which is uh, John, John Hughes' birthday. birthday. Yeah. Also Molly Ringwald's birthday in 68. Oh, I didn't know They're that. They're birthday twins. That's precious. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that's how he, how he originally, like, he saw she had the same birthday and he's like this. Do you think that's what happened? I don't know. It's not. He's weird. I'm asking you. Do you really think that's what happened? I think maybe he looked at the headshot and he's like, oh, her birthday is the same as mine. Maybe we got a connection. asking a question. There you go. In 2005, <laughs> there was a script called 32 Candles. I know. That's a great and idea. And Molly, Molly Ringold was on board. Yeah. She wanted to do it, but I guess it's still sitting in limbo. I could see that happening, by the way. And I think Michael Hall, so he's like a real actor now yeah. and he's beefy. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I don't know if I could handle him back I could handle Farmer it. Ted. I could handle it. I guess Farmer Ted grows up at some point. That's what happens to most yeah. people, Max. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that wild how that happens? He's good in The Dark Knight and Copland. Yeah, he's good in everything. I love him. Good yeah. dude. Good Have dude. you seen Out of Bounds? No. It's incredible. He's like an Iowa boy who witnesses a murder in uh, LA and is on the run. I didn't. I did not know that. It's on Amazon Prime for free. This story is what leads to the story that you were trying to get me into before, which is about Sam's conversation with her dad on the couch. So when the script was put out for this, Paul Dooley and Glenn Gooley. Yeah, Paul Dooley and John Gooley. Paul Dooley and Glenn Carlin, who played Sam's parents, they read the script and they really pushed John Hughes hard to change the script. The original script really made caricatures of who they were as parents. They forgot Sam's birthday. They're kind of pieces of crap. They're all focused on the wedding. Like, no redemptive side to them whatsoever. Yeah, that's nice. They said... Let's make some changes to this. Like, give them an opportunity to apologize to Sam, like humanize them a little bit. All all the way to the point where Dooley only agreed to play Sam's dad after the apology was added to the script. He said he wouldn't even play the role if it wasn't in there. Oh, wow. All credit to Hughes for taking that advice and then also adding the scene where she's talking to her dad on the couch about being in love and yeah. crushes. He's very collaborative. When people, like, talk to him on set about stuff, he changes and alters and he lets people improvise too yeah like and I, I mean time. and which is so strange that he's so sensitive and kind of he's a control freak when non-creative people are involved so when it's the producers in the studio and people like that that are getting involved he has a huge issue with it when it's the people that he's on the same team with very different oh yeah no i meant that like molly ringwald or john candy when they decided they're going to move on to other movies and like didn't want to work with him he like shut them shut them out of their life Oh, yeah, on that piece of it. I thought you meant on the collaborative process. No, no, no. I, yeah, I, I don't know. He was an odd bird, man. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, super creative people have a tendency to be odd birds. That's, 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 that's I conflict. know it. Don't you ever. So that scene, you know, is my favorite scene in the entire movie. And I this is my example of classic Hughesian moments, right? Yep. If you go through John Hughes's best movies, there are these moments like The Great Outdoors. I've talked to you about this a million times. The reconciliation between Roman and Chet is beautiful. The moments that he had with his son on the boat, beautiful. It's okay that it's still slapsticky and he's eating the old 96er, you know, like I'll throw in a couple of hats if you put down the dessert too. The part of this movie that I think is the most touching. And again, the boy gets the girl, the girl gets the boy, they kiss, but there's no other real heartfelt touching part in the entire movie outside of this scene. Uh, the happy birthday, Sam at the end. That's not heartfelt and touching. That's romantic. Touch me. It's romantic. I don't know. That's because you want to sit across from me on top of a table and kiss me and eat a cardboard cake. You know the cake was cardboard. I know because right? the cake kept melting. That's right. Because of the candles. Because of the heat. Mm. The heat made it melt. Who's better looking, Jake Ryan or Sam? Nah, Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. Yeah, by far. I like when he's doing. Uh, that might be my favorite scene when uh, they're doing pull ups. Pull ups in, in a gym that was a hundred degrees. There was no air conditioning in that gym. It was a hundred degrees in there. I wonder who the guy was who was his friend. 
He looks really familiar. He's got almost this like Andrew Dice Clay look to he him. He does. But he's not. And he's in other movies. And I, we're going to have to look. I know. That's going to drive me nuts. Up. God bless the internet, Max. Tony Lungo. Who plays Rock. Who plays Rock in 16 Candles. He was in a lot of stuff. So he, if I could have an acting career, I'd want this. Because he's in TV shows like Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Family yep, Matters, Step yep, by Step, yep. Full House. Dude, go back earlier. Chips. He's yeah. in St. Elsewhere. But more importantly, where you would know him from is one of your favorite movies, Feds. Yeah. He's the sailor <laughs> in Feds. Yeah. Who the uh, the less attractive woman wants to be with. Yes. Yeah, when yes. she's had a few drinks. I can't her. remember her name either. I know, Rebecca Demonet's sidekick. Oh, you said that name and you have trouble with that. Demonet. Uh, he was also one of the detectives in Fletch. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's in a bunch of wacky Angels stuff. in the Outfield. Yeah. Shameless. Yeah. God, I'm like ripping it through here. Oh, I know where I know him from. What? One of my favorite movies that you, we, I talk about this all the time. I don't even know that you've seen it yet. And it's from 89. Let It Ride with Richard Dreyfus. No. Yeah. I'll He's, watch it. Yeah, you got to watch. I've yeah. told you a million times to watch this. No, movie. you haven't. I guess I have. I'll but pull the tape. Is it about like gambling? Yes. It's Sweet. not. It's not only about gambling. But there's a moment in this movie. I can't want to spoil it for you. We yeah. please watch it before next Done. week, and we'll talk yeah. about it next week. Okay. Where were we that we got to this topic? Uh, favorite scenes? Yeah. Did you just? No, I didn't think we were there. I think you randomly just brought up how much you like when he does the pull-ups in the pull-up scene. Because it was a scene. Yeah, it was a scene. So uh, my favorite scene in the movie is that scene, not the pull-up scene, when the dad does it. And then at the very end of the movie, it's adorable when Jake Ryan picks her up and he hop in the Porsche. And, and the he, dad gives and, a thumbs and, up. And, no, she looks at the dad. She's like, this is him. And like yeah. points. And he gives her, the, no, gives her the okay sign, not the thumbs up. Have you watched this movie? Yeah. Have you watched this movie? <laughs> I did. Do you want to jump? <laughs> I would have. I would, if I was her dad, I would have looked at Jake Ryan in that car. I would have been like, get in the car <laughs> now. Yeah, whatever. Because that's the whole point, though. Like, he he articulates it so well yeah. when they're on the couch. And he's like, I worry about you a different way than I worry about Jeannie. Like, Jeannie, there's, there's a line he says I think is great, which is something to the effect of when you get everything you want, you don't appreciate it. Yeah, that's true. And, like, he knows that Sam feels different about that. You know, I don't know. He's my dad of the year. I love him to death. I'm trying to think what else I got. Max, what else you got on facts and fun stuff? This opened second in the box office. Do you know what was first? No. Breaking. Breaking. <laughs> so it wasn't really a big hit. It made $23.6 million. Off of what, six and a half? Yeah. Good, uh, but, you know. But VHS is blew what up. blew up for yeah. this. Yeah, I do remember reading that. And there's 30 songs on the soundtrack. Really good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed all the music. And, oh, fashion-wise, you know uh, when Sam has the hat on in the first scene? That the costume designer was like, don't put that hat on. She was obsessed with hats. She's yeah. basically Blossom from uh, Blossom. Yeah. Well, she started this whole trend. She, like, made... I was just thinking of, uh, oh, I was thinking of, uh, what's he say? Uh, oh, gee, no, no, I'm, I'm, that's not it. Uh, what's he say in Blossom, the brother? Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't get Travolta out of my head. <laughs> whoa, sorry, I apologize. I just, sometimes I laugh at things in my head and I have to get them out. Uh, Laura Dern and Robin Wright auditioned for Samantha. Oh, I believe that. Robin yeah. Wright wouldn't have worked. No. She's too beautiful. I do, one of my favorite Laura lines. Laura Dern would have been good. Who's the, who's the actress uh, who played Jake Ryan's girlfriend? Uh, Nudie McNude Pants. Oh, well, that wasn't her, by the way. That's a body double. I know. Yeah. Why'd you ruin that for me? I didn't know that was what you were going <laughs> That was what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, I, my favorite line of hers in the entire movie is when she's dancing with Jake and they're trying to, and he, she, Jake is distracted because he's thinking about Sam. And she's like, are you fooling around on me? And he's like, no, of course not. And she's like, okay, but just remember one thing. I can name 20, 20 guys, guys who'd yeah. kill to love me. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, 20 guys who'd kill to love me is the name of your autobiography. <laughs> I should just, I should turn you over once in a while and be like, I can name 20 guys who'd kill the podcast <laughs> with me. 
It's true, though. And then you could say, is that a threat? Yeah. And I'd be like, it's a fact. It's a fact, Max. So my- Come on, before we get into a big, wicked fight, <laughs> let's get out of here. Why'd they say wicked? It's not Boston. Oh, you're the one who apparently faked a Boston accent. I know. Yeah. Yeah, you, Boston. You know who my favorite character is in this movie? It makes me happy every time I see her. Mm. Jamie Gertz. So she's a star from Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. So she's the friend. This is who I'd be at the party. The one who's drunk laughing her butt off when she has to get her hair cut. Hammered out of her mind. totally right. Wearing Jake's mom's diamonds and like fur coat. That's totally. I looked at her. I'm like, why do I know her? I'm like, Lost Boys. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. And she's also. Oh, I still believe. Crossroads, too. Yeah. And less than zero. Yeah, you're less than zero. Huge crush on her. She kind of. Oh, easy. Does she have a big dog that she walks around? She does. All right, good. His name's Thor. <laughs> Tibetan Mastiff. You're a Tibetan Mastiff. I wish. The one thing about this movie. So well, the, the, one of the things. <laughs> Jesus, Max. One of the things about this movie that I think is interesting that people can still look at it and enjoy it today is that what a lot of people forget, and I, and I think you probably had less exposure to this than I did, but for me growing up, there's no Facebook. There's no, I mean, there's no, my friend Bruce. Right. Rel- scares me. I know. He scares a lot of people. <laughs> he, he, he knew everyone's birthdays. Yeah. He, he remembered them. And I always joke with him. I'm like, don't you miss the days before Facebook when it was actually appreciated that you would wish someone a happy birthday? Because like missing someone's birthday was a very normal thing back then. Yeah. You didn't have, you didn't you have like, oh, damn it. I walked right into that. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> I walked right into it. Yeah, you did. Um, and no, the, I totally agree that this is like a time capsule. Like kids, I love the beginning scene where they're showing like the high school and kids have to write on their knees because yeah. they're bored. Or like, by the way, same high school from uh, Risky Business. Yeah, yep. so cool. Uh, what was it, Niles something West High School or? Yeah, yeah. Keep talking, I'll look it up. And like you had to open your locker with those terrible locks. So we're like the hands in the pockets thing. Do people still do that? Oh you know? yeah, really? Oh okay. absolutely. No, people still don't do that. Okay, I don't know they still do that, but they used to do that. But it just felt it's a great time capsule to how a high school. It felt very how high school was. Like, you couldn't have text messaging, so you had to fill out those little sex tests. Niles East School. Niles East. Niles East Rules. Niles East High School. San Dimas High School Football Rules, Max. Always remember that. San Dimas High School Football. O'Doyle Rules, too. (laughs) Uh, The other thing, too, we, we watch a movie now, and we love the nerd. The nerds like our favorite, you know, like we like today's culture. Elon Musk is a nerd. Like people worship the like like uh, what's his face at the Amazon. Uh, why can't I think of his Bezos. name? Right now? Bezos is a nerd. Like yeah. these are and they are just titans of industry. Yep. That's not how things were when this came out. Like we learned to love the nerd because of Farmer Ted. Like that wasn't something that was portrayed heavily in film. Yeah, real genius. Max, one movie, one obscure out of nowhere movie. I know. And I would make the argument that if you if you want to make if you want to tell me that Val Kilmer is a nerd, I will tell you that like you're crazy. He's like a handsome, ripped dude who just happened to be brilliant. He's awesome. Yeah, he's the best. You love him. <laughs> you love him. You know Sam's house is a tourist attraction? That's kind of cool. The other funny thing too is I forget, again, we live in this age where we can just take our phone out and take a picture. Yeah. The fact that he goes to his friend's house is like, get your camera. And then like, they, that missed was a the, bi- they missed the they picture. They missed the picture because that's, but back then, if you didn't get that Polaroid, if you didn't get that picture, it didn't happen. So hyper embarrassing. Uh, uh, dear it, God, I don't even want, do I want to know the story? Am I going to have to cut this out? Whatever you're about to tell. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just say it. We'll in see. seventh grade, I went to like sleepaway camp and <laughs> I took a picture with this girl who was like hyper attractive. Yeah. And I was in photography at the time. Yeah. So like I developed some of the pictures and like someone saw one of the pictures of her and they're like, can I get one of those? Like, I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I sold her picture for like $3 a pop. That's the most max thing ever that you would sell a picture of someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's 
Still think about her. Oh, <laughs> let's get her on the show. I want to interview women you grew up with. I want an episode where we get like one girl you went to high school with on the show. And I'm just like, walk me through what it was like to feel his eyes piercing your skin every minute of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Max. You got stories. You got, we got lemons. I'll tell you that. So th- is this the most fun John Hughes movie? I had a lot of fun watching it. I think Lampoon uh, Vacation. Okay. Or, or Christmas Vacation. Or Ferris. Yeah, or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think this, to me, is the perfect midpoint of a John Hughes teen angst, but also silliness and light movie. Yeah. I think, again, Some Kind of Wonderful is a little bit darker, a little bit heavier. Not a lot. There's still silliness in it, but it's a little bit more, you know, it's talking about alcoholism. It's talking about poverty. And there's not slapstick. There's no real themes in this other than the superficial pains of going through being a teenager. Yeah. There's not, there's not an addiction issue. There's not, uh, what am I going to do when I go to college? Like that's the lightness of this is what makes it fun. On the far other side of the spectrum of a John Hughes film is National Lampoon's Vacation, Christmas Vacation. There's just silliness. This is the, the midpoint. I think it's actually why it was so successful is that it really strikes that midpoint chord maybe the great outdoors you could argue had a little bit of that flavor to it but i still think the great outdoors deals with like family dynamic kids getting old Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that yeah this is uh it's like the diet coke of john hughes right right unfortunately i mean would you also say that it maintains the most problematic subplots and characters of all of his films but because the genuine the center plot is so heartfelt and like understood and i I get it i get it i think you're allowed to forgive i I can forgive it. We can watch it. But I'm asking of all the John Hughes films that you've seen, does this have the most problematic pieces to it? Oh, yeah, by far. Yeah. Because, right, like Breakfast Club. No, nothing else has a problem. No. Except the lack of anyone that's white. Diversity, right. No diversity. I mean, that's a huge issue. That's always a problem. That's a problem with almost any 80s movie ever, with the exception of, uh, what's the movie we were never allowed to Soul Man? (laughs) I'm a soul man. That's the most (laughs) offensive (laughs) thing. Here's the thing, too. I'm pretty sure that it wasn't okay when they made it either. And they just were like, I wish I could have been in the pitch room. And they're like, all right, here's the idea for our movie. See Thomas Howell. White, rich guy. See Thomas Howell. You know him. He was in uh, The Outsiders Outsiders and Red Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good guy. You know him. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make him a really rich white kid who doesn't get into Harvard, but because he's mad because poor black kids can get into Harvard, we're gonna get him pills so he can turn himself into an African American. Great idea, right? And hey, Tropic like, Thunder it worked. It's so different, Max. You understand? It's so different. But it's still a miracle that uh, that worked. It's not though because it's satirically making fun of yeah, that so. very yeah, it's fact. It's very always sunny. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay. It's not like at all. It, it's it's the absurdity that someone would even do it. That's being. Dude playing a dude. dude. Who's playing a dude? <laughs> what is he? Does he read the lines from the like the Jeffersons or yeah, whatever? Yeah. That's so moving fun. on. Up. Moving on up. <laughs> That's from the Jeffersons. That's amazing. <laughs> that movie's great. Yeah. Oh, about a dingo ate your baby. <laughs> you keep that man's word up. Mouth out of your mouth. The National, the National Treasure. National Treasure. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Uh, all right, Max. Uh, why don't we get to the get to the wrap of this? What are some of your favorite parts of the movie? Favorite scenes? Favorite parts? Anything we're missing? Anything you want to add? Anything with Long Duck and uh, his big girlfriend? <laughs> like we just got over everything, and you're well, like, the girlfriend is hilarious. Yeah, she's not big. She's just like a, a jock. That's they all. Show her pushing weights, and it's got to be like two fifty above her yeah, head. Whatever. It bashes through the wine cellar. It does. Well, the floor yeah. than the wine cellar. Yeah. yeah. The martini making scene where they're playing Sinatra. Oh, that's a great scene. Yeah. And weirdly, I know this is strange, but 
Strange is your thing. Go for it. Farmer Ted and Carolyn having a heartfelt moment in the parking lot. I agree. Because it's like every guy's fantasy. Like, oh, she actually does. You, like mean, me. you mean when he was basically confirming consent? He's like, well, we had a good time. You're yeah. okay, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I, I wanted to avoid that. Yeah, part. no, yeah. it's great. It's yeah. great. So your favorite scene is where he gets himself out of trouble for basically no, that non- a, non-consent. That a nerd got made out with by a, made, so, by a sober high Yeah, girl. no, it's all right. Whatever. Yeah. She liked him. Do you think they dated I mean, they kissed when it was all said yeah. and done. I don't so think she talked to him in the halls. No, probably not. I don't know. I'll tell you, it's all downhill for him. Yeah. Your freshman year, Jake Ryan, Jake Ryan gives you a Rolls Royce in the prom queen. It's like, what do you, how do you follow that up? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's robbing liquor stores. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I mean, then he goes to weird science and he's driving again. Oh no, yeah. he wasn't driving. He was wasted. Why it was driving. <laughs> I forgot. With his weird uh, blues accent. Yeah. He's good at it, but it's weird. Should you ever make fun of someone's accent for the rest of your life? Just out of curiosity. And mine was good. It was wicked. Wicked awesome. Wicked. You know, the last thing I'll bring up is less of a fact and more just a narrative that we broached. We talked about John Hughes and where we put 16 candles and kind of the John Hughes catalog. When you really look at, and I'm I'm not going to give you all of them. I'm just going to give you a taste. When you look at the 80s, the 80s exploded with these types of teen rom-com drama can't buy me love lover boy well even even going back in 80 you've got well before i do that let me ask you a question okay it's 2023 so from 2013 to 2023 the last 10 years yep how many how many teen adventure rom i mean like i i'll go back even further than that uh super bad was incredible there's good, in the, good, in good the boy, 90s good boys is like the eighth grade right kind of, in uh, mid 90s mid 90s you had a stint where you had like no, uh, no, I meant the movie mid 90s oh okay i haven't seen by that. jonah hill in the 90s you had like can't hardly wait she's yeah. all that oh, I love so those. The, but and it's great i'm yeah. not knocking those right but like we watch a lot of movies i can't she's the man i yeah. can't give you a good categorical uh what's the Lindsay lohan flick that i love mean girls yeah mean girls is another one yeah. there's a handful this is just the 80s and these are the good ones i didn't give you all of them you got an 80 you got uh fame Fast Times at Ridgemont High in 82, Risky Business in 83, All the Right Moves in 83, War Games in 83, Outsiders in 83, 16 Candles in 84, Breakfast Club in 85, Just One of the Guys in 85, Teen Wolf in 85, Weird Science in 85, Better Off Dead in 85, Stand By Me in 86, Pretty in Pink in 86, Lucas in 86. These are just movies that I'm compressing into that. I'm in high school, my story's in high school, teeny type movies. And that's just in like a six year period. So I think the reason that 16 Candles is so formative and so important, I feel like it set the stage for what was probably already coming, but like exploded it. Like, I think this is the the match that lit the tinderbox. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, John Hughes basically just set the world on fire. Yeah, he sure did. I wonder what his, like you said, what his teen life was like. It must have been something similar to mine because we're both kind of the same person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so. Max, with that all being said, I think we've wrapped our conversation about 16 Candles and it is time for us to head on over to the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Max, today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is Mike. You can find him on Instagram at Mike Audi, A-U-D-Y. Mike is another one of these guys who just religiously listens to the show, follows us on social, connects with us all the time. Just the Always nicest dude. Awesome feedback. We reached out to Mike and we wanted to know, hey, what are your thoughts on 16 Candles, your favorite scene? So and he was I only, geeked. I only gave him like 12 hours to do it. And he's like, <laughs> I'll make it work. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm not missing this opportunity. I guarantee you he watched the whole movie. I, I yeah. Guess I, I'm 100% sure he did. Uh, I'm curious to see what he had to say. Let's kick it over to Mike. Hey, Mo and Max, this is Mike from Vermont, here to talk about 16 Candles. 
Sixteen Candles was John Hughes's directorial debut as he transitioned from just being a screenwriter to his director role. The movie is a coming-of-age film that follows Sam, played by Molly Ringwald, as she deals with her birthday being overshadowed by her sister's upcoming wedding and trying to find the confidence to approach her high school crush, Jake Ryan, played by Michael Schofling. I find this film unique as it totally could have been based completely on Sam, making it a movie for the teen girl audience. But Hughes's ability to also focus on the story of Ted Farmer, or Farmer Ted, he's not really a farmer, played by Anthony Michael Hall, and his quest to finally bag a babe provides a subplot that turns this film into a teen comedy classic. My favorite scene of the movie is when Ted finds Sam in the auto shop during the dance. Sam has wandered off to be alone after seeing Jake in the prom queen, Caroline, slow dancing. Ted finds her sitting in a partially disassembled car. He knocks over a rack of parts that crash to the floor. Stumbling through these, he then bumbles to open the car door. When Sam explains that today is her birthday and that she has been completely forgotten, Ted starts to sing the Beatles to her. Today is your birthday. Sam tells Ted that her life is going terribly and he sees the opportunity for a heart-to-heart -heart conversation, asking Sam if he can tell her something personal, but it can never leave this room. He explains to her that he never has really bagged a babe and his whole reputation is a scam. Sam starts to laugh and then realizes that he's actually being serious. Ted then sees the opportunity for a kiss and goes for it. Sam pushes him away. When Ted apologizes, she says that it's okay, which cues the ding sound effect, and Ted makes another attempt to kiss Sam, only to be denied again. When she explains that she's saving herself for her crush Jake, Ted tells her that Jake was just asking about her, which helps boost her confidence enough that she decides that she's finally going to go talk to her. But wait, Ted needs one more thing to convince his legion of geeks that he went all the way with her. And that brings us to one of the funniest lines of the 80s. Could I please borrow your underpants for 10 minutes? Guys, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about 16 Candles. Doing this gave me a reason to go back and rewatch another 80s classic. I love all the work you guys do keeping these films alive. Thanks. It's so funny when I went back and watched it and I heard the ding, it's the same ding that's on people's cell phones when they get alerts for no text message. It sounds identical. I'm never going to be able to disassociate that. Yeah. Now. It yeah. sounds like the same thing. Yeah. That is a great, I mean, you mentioned that too. That's one of your favorite scenes. It is like, it's very heartwarming and also not gooey. Like yeah. you, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, this kid's like a little perv and doesn't get it. And yeah, like the breath mints part. Yeah, and all yeah, that. yeah. I take my fresh breath very <laughs> serious. Fresh breath is a fresh priority. Fresh breath is a priority. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, it's a great call and a good recap of the movie as well. And I, you know, I always forget this is the directorial debut of John Hughes, which is a big moment. He was really excited about that because going back to that creative control, he wanted to make sure that that product was matching what he was writing. So, and then it goes from that to he has so much work to do that he's got to bring Deutsch in and be like, I need you to take these films. I can't do them. All. Yeah, Must it's a good. Nice. It's a good evolution. I wish I had a friend like that. I wish you were doing something with I your wish life. I had Leah like Thompson as my wife. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Mm. Max, that concludes our episode about sixteen candles. I will remind you all that if you've not already, please subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or whatever podcast you're listening to us on. Leave us a quick little review and a five star mark. That helps us out a ton. You like yeah, that? I do. It's good. it's good. Also, if you want more content, go to the new refreshed and improved. At Buzz in the Tower on TikTok. Check out our, our <laughs> so viral bad. videos. I'm so excited. I stopped looking a year ago because how bad they were. No, I'm kidding. Not bad. But um, you can find us at Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z-N, 
The Tower on any one of our platforms on social media. Visit buzzinthetower.com. Go to our store. Buy officially licensed merchandise. We've got the finest goods from all over Europe. You'll love them. They're Silks. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Spices. And most importantly, Sandwich Hotline. Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower to be a Patreon, a wingman, a wingwoman, and join us on this wonderful journey that is 80s movies. Max, that concludes the episode on 16 Candles. As always, I will go to you for your swift justice. That's what I call your end statements, <laughs> your sage advice. <laughs> what do you, what do you got? Steven Seagal? Yes, you are. Swift. Steven Seagal is swift justice. How do you want to end this episode with something wonderful I, and I'm gonna powerful? Ri- I'm going to ride off in a black Trans Am with a pink guy. That's what she says. Remember, they, yeah. he's like a pink Trans Am. She's like, no, a black one. She's like, a black guy. And it's like, no, a black Trans Am. And Glad a pink you guy. could find something racist to end the show with. Unbelievable. So disrespectful. I like the, I like the term pink guy. Are you a pink guy? I'm not a pink guy. I'm more of a white, like an off-white. You got some pink in your cheeks. It's right now because I'm angry at you for being racist on the show again. I've never been racist on the show. <laughs> Outside of the show all the time, but not on the show. <laughs> That's why they call me the Paula Dean of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I can't make any donger quotes, can I? Mo need food? No. I'm looking through my list of no more hanky panky. Right Max, I just want to thank you for loaning me the donger. He's really bitching. <laughs> we can say that. I'm gonna bleep out the last word, but yeah. Okay, cool. But thank you for loaning him to me. No problem. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.